When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Holding Pocket. It's time now for the Chipping Forecast, issued by Folding Pocket on behalf of Andrew Cotter, Eddie Pepperell and special guest Ian Carter. Hello there, what a wondrous day it is to be alive. What a time to be alive. What are you smiling at, Eddie? Just the cameraman smiling. taking a photo of us three. What? I know it's a uh, um, podcasting is. I've interrupted my incredibly slick introduction there to um, talk about the fact that we're. To note the fact filmed. that Eddie is smiling. That Eddie's smiling. Well, this because we, don't, we can't usually see or tell really because it's all pixelated. We're viewing each other through screens. But here we are in real life. The three of us together, three amigos. I didn't realise you were so short, Eddie. This is uh, well, <laughs> something. I, I'm wearing my very flat Vivo barefoot. So this is a nice product placement, and I'm obviously below you on a hill. So you are down slope, yeah. yeah so uh, I, you're not short. I'm joking. This is a historic moment, isn't it? This is the first time in the chipping forecast era, and I, I think we can call it an era um, <laughs> that we've all been together. Yes. Um, and I'm only a guest anyway. So. No, so that is our regular Monday, not special guest, Ian Carter. Eddie Purple is here, who is getting ready to face the joy of the Pro-Am here at Wentworth. We are recording this on Wednesday before the BMW PGA Championship gets underway. Eddie is playing this afternoon in the Pro-Am. We've got lots and lots of things to talk about. Uh, I haven't exactly decided what yet. But uh, what have you been... You were over in uh, France, were you not? You weren't yeah, working at I, I, I was, uh, yeah, I was like, Eddie, I had the weekend off uh, last weekend. Um, so I actually went over oh, and come on watched, watched <laughs> Australia against Georgia in the uh, in the Rugby World Cup, just as a fan. Right. It was I, fantastic. I said he was shot, but he's not. That was just... And you've pointed out the fact that he emceed. I, you know, I said I'm really invested in your form now and I follow it all the way. And you got up to three, four under one point. Three, certainly three under. I thought, here we go, pushing on into the top twenty. What? Uh, what? What happened? What happened? Mm. Um, I was I was hanging on there a bit. It was a good three or four under at that point, to be fair. And uh, and then I just I made I hit a terrible five wood. I fatted it off a, off a side hill lie here about 140 yards into the water. And then really I got very tired, lost it completely. I think the four weeks caught up with me. And then I hit a poor tee shot on the seventh, made a bad double, and that was that really. So a uh, bit of a shame. Disappointing week because mm. I felt like off the back of Cron I was playing really well, but I just regressed a little bit. I think technically, and my iron play was a bit was not there, and um, 
and that golf course as well was quite demanding. I know people would have looked at the scoring over the first two days and thought this place is easy, but it really wasn't. It was a really weird tournament, wasn't it? Uh, Shane Lowry, we'll hear from him late, later in the pod, but he, he was in the press conference yesterday and he was saying that the locker room on Sunday was just full of people saying, how on earth has 14 under won this? And so everyone was going away disgruntled because they felt that they must have had a chance. Yeah, I think it's one of those courses that when you're playing it in the conditions we played it on the Thursday and Friday, which were perfect with you know, relatively little pressure, you see good scoring. Once you start adding in Sunday pressure around a golf course like that, even though the conditions were still near on perfect, it, it reminds me a bit of this place to some degree at Wentworth, but more so places like Valderrama. And I tweeted this where some courses are just very difficult to, to free up on under the gun on a Sunday when you're trying to win a tournament. And I suppose it's no surprise you see somebody like Vincent Norman come from way back to shoot a low score with relatively no pressure. And, and it was out there. But one of those courses, Ian, to be honest, where, like I say, there's trouble looking as soon as you started feeling a little bit nervous and not freeing up, then I could see how it happened. Well, we're going to move along a pace because we've had feedback on the pod that sometimes we ramble on a little bit too long. I was going to give some reviews later, uh, later on, some emails. Hang on a second, let me just get to it. We've got our own um, windshields on our microphones yes. here. So that's Martin Bayfield doing the introductions this morning of the Pro-Am, so he's introducing, I don't know, a financier or something there. Who, who's doing them this afternoon? I'm doing this afternoon, and I know Eddie's playing this afternoon. Gig. We'll come to that. It's not corporate, it's just I'm it employed is. by the Tour, the European Stroke DP World Tour, to go out there and have some badinage with the crowd. They gather in that stand. We're right beside the putting green here at Wentworth, and they gather the stand, not to see the, the, the pros tee off, but to hear the, the banter, the bants, and uh, I don't get involved in it. Martin will, a lot of um, celebrities, sports people, uh, content creators, a lot of them today, that seems to be the way things are going. But he chats to the, the amateurs and does little interviews for the crowd. I don't indulge in that nonsense. I have to say, Andrew said to us earlier, or said to me earlier this morning, he said, this Bram field is full of content creator come mm. content we're here doing a podcast what do you think we are this isn't no because content suggests somebody uh lip-syncing to do a leaper dancing with a kitten or something on, on TikTok. tiktok yeah mm. uh, whereas well you can't you can call content as they do at the masters the content center is tv it's radio it's everything it's all encompassing oh four left that's fine it's deep in the bushes it's not fine at all but it didn't actually hit us so um yeah, so I'll have to look up a lot of these people because I'm introducing them and they've got 4.4 million followers on TikTok and I don't know what they do. I don't know who they are, but they're trying to reach this new demographic. I don't think it's going to happen, but um, God bless them for trying. So um, yeah, It's not my thing either, no. to be honest, guys. <laughs> no, excellent, good. Anyway, I said we're going to move... the end of this <laughs> pod as well. <laughs> we said, I know. We said we're going to move this along a pace because here we are. Here's an email from Mike in Leeds. Uh, no, no, not that one, because that actually is complimentary. From Mark Lee, he says, I'm a regular listener, but last week's episode was awful. If you don't have enough content to stretch out the podcast for 60 minutes, open brackets, which included a dull 10-minute interview with Luke Interesting Donald, close brackets, then I suggest you just make it shorter, as it became incredibly boring and unlistenable at times. New sentence, for what it's worth. Uh, and it ends there. So I just am aware that, and probably in reading that out, I've stretched it out yeah. beyond its... I'm not sure you should have read that out, to be honest. I don't think we should be airing that kind of hate. What? No, but if people want to give reviews, and we get lots of... We get see, lots in Scotland, of... he'd be in prison for that kind of hate speech. <laughs> it's not a hate speech, it's just opinion. It is in my book. Listen, um, Mark Lee, I, I appreciate that you're a regular listener, and we will try 
and do do better. Was um, a regular listener. Was a regular probably. listener. Has switched off now. Actually, but no, is probably quite enjoying this one so far. Uh, episode number 50, and here we are all together. Right, so um, you mentioned Shane Lowry, uh, and we will hear from him in a moment, but all the European Ryder Cup players are here. It's It's got it. And they were out in... Uh, out at Marco Simone, having a... Do they, do they, do they all travel out in one... I, you must know how they all got out there, no? Uh, I don't. I suspect there was a charter put on from Ireland on the Sunday night, mm. and then the rest would have travelled uh, independently. Easy yeah. to R- Rory and Shane, Rory McElroy and Shane Lowry, they travelled together on Monday morning. I think they probably were too late in the day in Ireland to get across. Right. Yeah. But they all got there. They played the course, um, and the feedback I'm hearing is that the rough is incredible, uh, incredibly tough. Um, I can't possibly give you the analogy that Billy Foster, Matt Fitzpatrick's um, caddy, used to describe it. But mm. suffice it to say there was one group of players out there, as I understand it, who lost 12 People. balls. 12 balls. 12 balls. So uh, really, really tough rough, which is kind of in keeping with what we saw at Le Golf National. This is Europe saying we're going to have very tight landing areas and we're going to punish inaccurate driving. That's the tactics. Um, That's how we're going to achieve home advantage. Okay. Well, let's hear from Shane Lowry because you talked to me. He's a defending champion here, but uh, he was getting a little bit of of stick after his selection by Luke Donald. Um, But anyway, he is in. He played very well in Ireland. And this is Shane O. (laughs) Shane Lowry talking to Ian. Shane, you're in a a unique position this week. I mean, compartmentalising everything that is is going on right now in your golfing life must be really, really tough coming here as defending champion, knowing what's around the corner. Yeah, it's it's actually... It's weird. It's, you know, I I got the Irish Open last week and I had good chats with my coach over it. Um, you know, I need to take it one week at a time because obviously the Irish Open is huge for me. Wentworth is huge. It, it's a huge tournament anyway, but to come here defending, you want to put up a good performance. And, and then obviously we've got, you know, the Ryder Cup in, in two weeks' time. So, yeah, compartmentalising it. Or, or whatever that word is. I'm really glad you struggle with that because that is the one word that I will never say live on the radio. Um, I can't I think, do it either. I think has, is is hard, but it's it's also very doable. And and you know when I get out there Thursday morning, all I'll be thinking about is trying to do as well as I can in this tournament. And uh, you know, this tournament means a lot to me. This tournament I've done very well in the past, and yeah, I'm very excited to get out there. And and I mean, the memories must have come flooding back as you arrived here because not only was it a win, but you know, when you just—I you know, was just looking at it yesterday—and you just go, "Oh, second place, Rory McIlroy and John Rahm." Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I remember, you know, playing the back nine on the Sunday last year, and you know, going head to head with the two lads was pretty cool and, and very special to come out on top. So um, I always say, when you're playing tournaments like this, if you if you finish ahead of those two lads, you'll do all right. So um, yeah, hopefully I can do the same this week. I, like I said, I've, I've done well here in the past, and you know. I fully expect to do well this week again. I, I played pretty well last week. My game's in good shape, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You're in their company, obviously, uh, at the start of this week with the trip to to Marco Simone. Uh, you'd never been there before, so give us your your impressions on the place. Um, yeah, it was. It, you know, it's it's quite a hilly golf course. It's um, you know, there's a lot of uphill shots and downhill shots. The rough is brutally thick um was in great shape and it's going to be a great venue you know the the grandstands are up yesterday obviously there's no one there but just uh, visualizing them full and stuff like that is 
yeah, it's going to be a, a great spectacle and it's going to be a great Ryder Cup in such an amazing city like Rome. Um, you know, so much history and everything there. And, and uh, yeah, it's going to be, it, it's an amazing Ryder Cup to be a part of. It's my first home Ryder Cup, so look, so much exciting stuff over the next few few weeks and yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Was that the moment that this Team Europe was born, in a sense, the fact that you were all together? I think we had a great day yesterday. I think yesterday was brilliant. Um, you know, we all came together and we all had a great time and we all, you know, because, like, I don't really know Ludwig did very well or Nikolai or, you know, some of the lads, even Sepp, some of the lads on the team. I know them, obviously, to talk to and say hello to, but just even hanging out with them for a half an hour can, can make a big difference because the week of the Ryder Cup is a bit, you know, it's a bit manic and it's a bit... Uh, busy so you know just getting to do that yesterday I think is very important and um, yeah it will be very important going forward and, and a final thought obviously when you were selected people trawl through results and everything and come up with the statistics about lack of top tens and all that kind of thing I know you've spoken about it but was there any sense of going into the Irish Open with a with a point to prove after the selection? No, I, I don't think so for me. I, to be honest, look, the Irish Open means so, means the world to me, to be honest. And um, it was a tournament I just wanted to play well in, so I wasn't trying to prove a point to anyone. And to be honest, the people that actually knew what they were talking about knew that I deserved my pick. So, um, you know, anyone else doesn't really matter. My eyes. And in fact, you know, the only people that matter in my eyes is my team, my family and people around me. So, um, you know, I knew that... Or I know that I deserve to be there and I know that I'm going to be good when I'm there. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, as you say, it, it, golfing life couldn't be more exciting right now. It's probably, I was saying to one of my friends before last week, it's probably one of the most exciting months um, I've ever had as a professional. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to soak it all in. Like last week, you know, playing, playing in front of thousands of people in 25 degrees every day in Ireland is... It was incredible, and you know I think the forecast pretty good here for Wendover this week. Um, the crowds are always amazing here, and then obviously the build up to to the Ryder Cup after that. So yeah, it's it's an amazing month of golf, and something that I'm trying to take in and enjoy as much as I can. Well, we wish you every success. Yeah. Cheers, Shane. Cheers, Ian. Oh, Shane Lowry, Siri, show me a player who doesn't like a course but doesn't want to say they outright don't like the course. He was a little lukewarm on it, wasn't he? Uh, it's yes. hilly. It's hilly. <laughs> it's hilly. Well, but he, but he emphasised what you were saying there. The rough is uh, is long, thick. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting chat, actually. And, uh, and he bristled a little bit. It's, but, he, but he was confident in his own, saying, if anyone said I didn't deserve my place in the team, I deserve my place in the team. I'm confident in that. And yeah, I mean, I, do you think he... Was out proving a point in in Ireland last week, finishing third, just two shots out uh, from behind Vincent Norman. I mean, he he said I didn't have anything to prove. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I think Shane is an inspired golfer, and when he's backs against the wall, he tends to come out and perform. So there might have been a bit of that. That being said, he hasn't been playing badly this year. So it, you know, it's not a bolt from the blue that performance. And um, one thing that would uh, I would say about watching Shane last Sunday is he hit a lot of good shots towards the end of the round on the holes where players were not hitting good shots. So. Um, he stood up and hit the shots that required it. I know he didn't win, but he came close. So I think signs are good for Shane, and uh, it's interesting to hear about the rough. I think that's going to be, obviously, it is already a big talking point with the course, and that's going to determine possibly even more than Paris National, to be honest, what kind of golf is going to be rewarded and who does well. I mean, do you think that that actually does play into into Europe's hands? I mean, what is it that, that the European players have that the Americans don't in that 
environment because they all play on the same tour pretty much. Yeah, I think statistically they're looking at driving accuracy or total driving, so the combination of length and accuracy. But I'll say around Marco Simone, and this is coming from somebody who's played there for three years in a row and actually have done quite well there, not hitting a driver. Length is not important at Marco Simone. What the most important thing, and it's clear it's even going to be more important at the Ryder Cup, is finding the fairways. Um, so really you're looking for players that are swinging it well and that are in form and there's no guarantee as good as John and Rory and Victor Hovland are there's no guarantee they're going to turn up and hit, hit the ball really well that week or drive it straight so the captains are going to have to pick players who are playing well first and foremost because that is a golf course that's just going to reward good ball striking and good golf from tee to green so um, that's the way they're going for it and I, and I can kind of understand it if you look at the, the, the setup of our team Now I've decided over the next three weeks because we'll do this week next week and then the week after is the Ryder Cup and on, the, on that week Eddie can finish with his four ball and foursomes pairing predictions so I'm going to choose mine this week for European okay. side and you can choose yours next week Right. Um, so just, just quickly to go through them hang on a second Oh no, I've got to get I've got a list of content creators that I've got to introduce. There we are. So, um, foursomes. foursomes. I've gone for Fleetwood Fitzpatrick. I'm not going just by country, but uh, Eddie's already looking. See, I, 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 I've largely gone with the fact that their uh, names start with the same um, letter. Uh, and so you're going for them, Fleetwood and Fitzpatrick, who play different golf balls in the foursomes. I didn't say this was scientific, Ian. It's no, uh, just it's just done with just a feeling, observation. I'm like a Burgess Meredith, the Rocky Balboa's trainer, old school. I'll do things. I'll get them punching, punching meat in a freezer. Um, so, yeah, there's no science, whereas you're, you're all about, you're Drago. You've got this science, <laughs> this lab, where you um, make Fitzpatrick and Fleetwood, um, you wire them up to machines. Oh, he's, he's left, hasn't he? He's, it's just he's, a fact. It is a factor in foursomes, isn't it, where you're playing the same golf ball? It is. It is something that I was going through it the other day. I don't know exactly what balls are, they're playing, but I'm guessing Tommy's a tailor-made <laughs> and Matt's a, a tight list. Yeah. So. Yeah. so the whole point of this is that I choose my pairings, and you go, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. right, anyway, what do you think about McElroy Lowry then? Um, As a foursomes pairing? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure about that either. Both of those. Well, McElroy's going to play in the foursomes, isn't he? He's probably going to play five sessions, four certainly. See, I thought Rory, although, again, he doesn't play the same ball as Fitzy, but I mm. had Rory and Fitzy as a potential pairing. Well, they don't play the same ball. But they don't play they? the same ball, so I'm not a scientific no, designer either. They play the same tees. I had Fleetwood with Rose, potentially. Right, so Fleetwood Rose, interesting. I've got Ram and Rose. Ram and Rose. Again, start with the same letter, so they've got that yeah. in common. They can chat about that. Well, Ram and Rory definitely won't be a pairing. That no. would be a prediction of mine. Yeah. Uh, and then because? Just two giant alphas. Mm. Trying to out-alpha each other. Can't see it Coming happening. together and making a beta. Won't happen. Or a gamma. Oh, omega. Uh, Hovland Hatton <laughs> <Rolex>. together. <laughs> See so. Uh, making, a ho- uh, making a Hovland <laughs> Hatton. Hovland and Hatton. Again. So I think, I think, I think Hatton, Hatton Ram, maybe. I had John and Tyrrell as a pairing. Yeah. Right, but their names don't start with the same letter. What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Okay, so... so see a real science So where's Ludwig this. coming in? Ah, wait. Here we go. Four balls. Uh, oh, so you hang on. So you're not putting him in the foursomes? No, despite the fact that he's a brilliant ball striker and rarely misses a fairway. Big shout, Andrew. I'm saying you're... you're I'm, I'm thinking about the people who have to commentate on him. So this is the first session. First session of the Ryder Cup. Do you, you throw him in and in foursomes? Oh, but I do, if he's playing yeah. well, oh, I think maybe. you throw him in. And by the way, I th- I'm going to set my own rule. I'm mm-hmm. just going to call him Ludwig. 
Okay. Although I will say on this, just quickly before I do my four balls, I know everyone's excited to hear Andrew's Andrew's <laughs> nonsense four ball partnerships. That things are really turning. The tide has turned. You know, I was King Canute mm. standing in the water, and it was about to wash over me, and I'd be drowned by an Aberg tide. Yeah, it's totally turning around, and it's ebbing away. Just as it came up to my nose, the sea is receding, and Alistair Scott's starter says Aubrey. Uh, oh, Berg, he says. Yeah, he compromises. Don't worry, we're working on him. Um, My concern with this is that you're going to have the Americans calling him Aberg, the Europeans and the British calling him Obery. And then I think people are going to get confused. Are we talking about the same golfer? Which is why I'm just How going to call you? him Ludwig. I think How this is the point get, no, uh, no, which no, no. Mark Lee is switching off. How could you? Well, um, <laughs> Definitely. fine. He's, he's left. He's it. thrown his phone at Listen, the wall. a lot of people are switching off at this point. Why would you be confused about who we're talking about? If you say if you say Aberg and I say Aubrey, someone go, is that Hatton they're yeah, talking about? Yeah, you might think they're talking about Warren Avery, who's a <laughs> South African player, you know, yeah. or, or you know, Ebony yeah. and Ivory, which is a great song. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wavering. You're I'm, wavering. I'm, wavering. Yeah, I'm wavering. You're um, because I can. I'm now seeing. I'm now seeing what we saw with Sevi Ballesteros mm-hmm. when he first came onto the scene. I'm old enough to remember this. Everyone was calling him Ballesteros, mm-hmm. and by the end, he was universally Ballesteros. I just love that it's turning, and I do feel that it's turning. I have actually gone to the DP World Tour and said, give us a definitive well, of what we have, to, what we should oh. say. And if Alistair Scott is going to say Auberg on the, on the first tee... That's what he's saying, yeah. I'm going with that. Exactly, yeah. yeah I, think, I think you have to. Ken Brown, I was chatting to him up in the, up in the range yesterday, and he wrote it down phonetically, said, oh, Aubrey, interesting. I think all so, that matters is what does Mohammed bin Salman refer to him as? Because whatever he calls him, that's what we're going to have to call yeah. him. It's a, that's the way of the world. Yeah. It's the way of the world. Um, right, so... Um, four balls. Four balls. So I think, yeah, you're right. Aubrey probably will play in the in the foursomes. I think he will. But nobody else has surname starts with an, an A. Oh, actually, Hang no, on. no. Right. Aubrey's name doesn't start with an A. There are 29 letters in the Swedish alphabet. So there are three extra letters. So A with a ring, as they call it. I'm above the A. Mark. I'm switching off. That yeah. is a, that's not an A. And the BBC have got to start because he actually asked the European, the DP World Tour, yeah. to spell his name properly with the ring above the. Yeah. And so the BBC don't yet, so they've yeah. got to get with. Well, them. I'm doing oh. it now. Whenever I file my uh, reports, I've now found out how you can put that little circle well, the, on the, your the, keyboard. All the E's in my name have little umlauts above them as well. <laughs> so can you just change that as well? In I'm in 75th position on the leaderboard. 2013, when you first came to our attention here yeah. at Wentworth, you finished sixth. I remember distinctly in the commentary box, Peter Alice saying, Pepperell? Yeah, I said Pepperell on the radio. And as I, well. we were going Pepperell, which we had, we had to find out. Uh, so we were just calling, I think we were calling you Pepperell. Yeah, it's been for a all while. sorts, I wouldn't worry about it. I think one time in Japan I was Eddie Propel. So, you know. Has anyone got more E's in their name on tour? I can't imagine there are, there are actually. In fact, someone came up to me last week in Ireland during the round and said, Eddie, can I have a selfie? Which I wouldn't normally do, one mm. hole in. Because I'm another pepperel, and so uh, I met another pepperel from Ireland. Last week. Um, if you can think, dear listener, of uh, any name that has more ease in it than Eddie Pepperell, please uh, write in uh, <laughs> the chipping forecast uh, uh, from Folding uh, Pocket. There must be a tie, a tie player with more ease in. Mark Lee has just one e in it, and an I, and he's cross about yeah. this uh, episode again. So uh, just quickly then to go through my absolute nonsense. Um, Four balls now. Having yeah, done just my go foursomes. through your foursomes again, just foursomes very quickly. Again. You won't interrupt. Okay, so it's, let's see if I get any because we're going to keep a score on this. Okay. So Fleetwood Fitzpatrick, 
that's been shot down. McElroy Lowry, that's been destroyed as well. Ram Rose yeah. and Hovland Hatton. OK, now, now's your four balls. Four balls. I've got Hatton and Hovland together again. I don't know how that happened, just by uh, process of elimination. Aubrey and Straka. Straka's got to be a four-ball player. Birdie machine, makes lots of bogeys, but he'll weigh in. Um, McElroy McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> Not just because they're Max. And then Ram and Hoygor. Um, Ram putting a, an arm around the youngster like like Seve with Polway back in Well, you see, I think the Ram and Hoygaard argument could be made in foursomes because of the ball. That mm. being said, I'm not sure their games are necessarily suited for foursomes around that course. Mm. Um, I would say, do you think I, I've got any partnership right here out of those eight? I'm sure you have, by luck or by chance. Have you, have, you've not got Justin Rose in the four balls? No, he's, he's almost as old as Lucas Glover, so he will have collapsed. So you don't think he could play two? After 18 holes, possibly right. 18 holes in the morning, he will have, even just hitting half shots, he will, he'll be a tired man. In so. five Ryder Cups, Justin Rose has played four balls. He's won seven, lost two and halved one. I think he's in the four balls. Again, now, you see, and you're coming at this from a scientific and evidence-based approach, whereas I'm just going with a bit of a hunch. (laughs) (laughs) By which I mean I have done no research and these are nonsense. So let's see if I've got out of those eight uh, pairings there, let's see if I've got any right. And Ian, you. So I'm doing mine next week (laughs) when my head's going to be full of the Solheim Cup. So that's fine. I can yeah. do mine next week. That'll be good. I'll no, no, my, I'll, I'll do that. I can. Whatever. You sure? I don't yeah, mind. I don't mind. All right. Well, somebody yeah. can do that. Yeah. He's next week, yeah. and uh, learn from the master who's gone by the alphabet and whether their names are similar. I've, I've got a sneaky feeling that Shane and Bob could be an inspired pairing at the yeah. Ryder Cup in four I, balls. I, I think they look, they look quite similar. Play together in practice on Monday. Right. Yeah. So if Bob grew, I don't a beard, know whether they partnered, but they're in the same group. If Bob had a beard, they would be. Quite similar looking, so I can get that approach. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the science coming into it again. Mm. Um, Right, what are we going to talk about now? Um, Who are you playing with in the pro? I know who you're playing with in the pro am. So you're playing in the pro am this afternoon with uh, Vernon Kay. Yeah, lovely Vernon. You 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 know Vernon. I do. Um, (laughs) Dan Walker. Dan's a very good golfer. Hits the ball a long way. Yeah. He wins the BBC Golf Day. Well, he did when he worked for the BBC. He won it every year. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good. Player. Really annoyed everybody. He's a golf. Else. He's a bit of a. I think he's a PXG guy. I think because he gets no, but he's he does. It, he gets a lot of um, stuff. Sp- stuff. Really? He po- he posts a lot of stuff to get a lot of stuff and mm. and he's a, he's has a content. Stuff. He's a content creator. creator. Well, once you're on Channel Five, you've got you've got to get your your exposure somewhere. Now? Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Didn't even know. Um, At least you've got a bit of chat now. Yeah, yeah. So he's their news presenter, their funky news. He sort of sits astride the table, not astride the table. Um, the third member of it. So usually uh, you're with three Chinese businessmen, a finger Thomas Bjorn. So today it's Vernon K, Dan Walker, and Anton Dubeck. Yeah. Um, so that's a six-hour round for you. Because every year I do the, the starting on the, the tee, and every year there's about a 45-minute gap, and you know that it's Anton de Beck's group coming through. Because he will, he will grab a selfie, and autograph with every fan. Whether they want it or not, he's going to <laughs> grab them and have a chat about uh, everything, uh, con- that conservative politician. And um, so you'll be in for a... This could be an inadvertent Richard Mansell uh, pro-am nightmare from yeah. hell, part two. Have, have you seen that, the, the latest social oh, on, heard on about the it. DP World Tour put out? So oh, Richard the... Mansell was given the, the, the pro-am pairing from hell. Mm. It's quite a good one, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a good one. A, uh, oh, I see. So and this guy was it. this guy was just an absolute nightmare. Okay, absolute nightmare. Well, I'm not saying that that's what they're going to be. They're they're nice, they're very nice people, but it could be quite a long. It'll be an entertaining round. Though. Oh, it will be. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm interested, Eddie. When you because I mean, this is a nine million dollar tournament. This is a this is a big week um, for everyone um, playing, and you know, being part of the. The pro am. How much of that is like? Well, I'll I'll enjoy the company of the guys that I'm. Well, you know, I mean Vernon Kay. The guys you're playing with are interesting people. So, how much of your attention can you give to them? And as a human being, sort of kind of get something out of being in their company. And how much of it is you? you know being focused and getting yourself ready for a for a massive tournament. Yeah, it is quite an energy sapping day because I mean, a, I haven't seen the course yet, so this will be first time i see the course this week i'm obviously haven't played golf on a course for four or five days and i want to see some things as well with my game and then you know see you got to deal with uh well not deal with you obviously got to to some degree entertain although i'm sure i'll be entertained more than the one entertaining today for five hours your partners but um you know it's one of those days you do look forward to i've had some great partners over the years here um so yeah i'm looking forward to it really it's never never feels like a chore what pronunciation do you want when i introduce you in the first tee I'll let you decide. You can uh, surprise me, Andrew. Make me laugh. This is a big opportunity for the pod. I mean, I'm only a guest, so I can only suggest. But I think you've seriously got to sell it. There'll be a packed grandstand there, Mm. and you could sell us big style. In fact, you should get this microphone cover on there. Yeah, they're not going to be able to see that, but I will mention the chipping forecast, because that's the only way it's getting out there at the moment. Word of mouth. Lots of lovely people coming up to us at Wentworth and saying, love the... Love the chipping forecast. Martin Bayfield has said he loves the chipping forecast. Um, we're about 130 yards away from Martin Bayfield, and you can still tell that he's a giant, giant man. He's six foot ten of them. That must be such a nerve-wracking tee shot for the amateurs. I know that the amateurs get super nervous at the Dunhill Links, but I can't think of anything worse than having to but, tee it up off that tee, because it's even nerve-wracking for us yeah, guys as pros, to be honest. Is it? Oh, yeah. That is one of the more nerve-wracking tee shots of the year, 100%. Oh, I'm really looking forward to introducing you now. Not so much on a day like today, because no. you've got to deal with arseholes like yourself, Andrew. Yes. But it's, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> say that. It's fact. It's Scientific uh, fact. Based the producers are all nodding, so <laughs> yeah. it's good. Um, but no, they yeah, nodded a bit too quickly. More <laughs> than, what? Um, no, so that's the reason and I stopped the playing. From the crowd. The reason I stopped playing the prom was because every shot was like the first tee shot because the crowds became really, really big. So you get 20,000 in here today. And that year, played with Bruce Forsyth. I'm teeing up here, Ian. Uh, <laughs> we won a PlayStation. We were third week. So Bruce Forsyth won a PlayStation. <laughs> Bruce Forsyth won a PlayStation. Yes. I don't I mean, he might have given oh. it away, but I remember going up to get this, probably get a PlayStation. We, I, I mean, and I, I, I'm not saying getting ready to say good game, good game, when he won a PlayStation. But he <laughs> but he did. Would you think he would, what would be his favourite game on the PlayStation? Bruce Forsyth. Would you think he'd be Call of Duty guy? Would he be Mario? Would he be... Um, uh, oh, it'd be um, GTA, wouldn't it? Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, just <laughs> you go GTA. So if he's somehow yeah, that, that down took me with the back a bit there actually. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Good manic miner. ZX but do you remember? Because I did tell this story at the very first um, chipping <laughs> forecast. Um, but do you remember when we played? It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> When we got into a minibus, I mean, it's just all coming back to me now. We we all had to get into minibuses because we were all at different tees, and it turned out that we were on, off the seventeenth, mm. and um, Bruce Forsyth was off the seventeenth yes. as well. And he mm. he, he regaled us all the way in the bus. He was entertaining everybody, just chatting away, being Bruce Forsyth. And then we got onto the tee, and we were playing. 
with Mark Bright, the former Crystal Palace and yes. Leicester City striker. Brighty. And and he's, he introduced he said, uh, he said, are you a football fan? And I said, uh, I said, yeah, I'm a Leicester fan. He went, oh, my God, you hate me. Because he was rubbish for Leicester. Um, but anyway, so we got on the tee, and you snap-hooked your drive. Uh, I'll interject briefly to say, playing off the yellow tees at Wentworth on that 17th hole, it is, you've got to hit a massive hook round the corner. It's, or, or just hit a five iron or something like that. And I I've, hit, do that, I've so. hit my second shot from that tee once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> So he snap hooked it into the trees. Then Mark Bright sort of toe ended it into the trees to the right, mm. and I stood up and Ches reviewed it straight down the middle of the fairway, two hundred yards, no club head speed, but straight down the middle of the fairway. And Bruce Forsyth was watching on. He said, "Good shot, that good shot. Lot of pressure, lot of pressure." That's Norman wisdom. <laughs> um, well, so this is the last time I'm telling that story. On that t-shirt, I had dinner last night with Adam Scott. So there's um, oh, the name oh, oh, handsome it, man. Yeah, it, the pair of us together. Honestly, it was like <laughs> half of Il Devo, half of Il Devo. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about that t-shirt, and, and I talked about an old story when I played with Hao Tong Lee and Beef on that hole, and you know just how much pressure there is because he said when he played the f- his first world match play here, he against Sergio, he said he hooked two into the house so far yeah. left off that tee. So we were just talking how difficult that tee shot was and I was you know saying that trying to make a cut with that as your 35th hole when you're on the cut line is one of the toughest tee shots that you're going to face and you see, do see some shockers there so that's a good place for the fans to stand but yeah me and Adam Scott it was a good dinner actually we got deep into the golf swing and he is not what I expected you, know, you look at that swing and you think well he's keeping it on the straight and narrow for his whole career but we got onto YouTube videos I mean he's watched all the YouTube videos I've, no. I've watched he's been inspired on Friday Saturday nights with the same YouTube videos that I've been inspired by, it was uh, it was it was incredible. And what are these videos? Pete Cowan was one. Doctor Kwan was another. Yeah. Doctor who? Doctor Kwan. You'd love Doctor Kwan, Andrea. You would How love. How do you spell Dr. that Kwan. so we can that's go and Doctor Kwan it? A K W O N, like a rapper, and he um, he's a biomechanist really, but in a simple way. And Adam was saying that this year he played the Wells Fargo two tournaments off the back of Doctor Kwan on YouTube and came fifth and eighth. And he said he was hitting the ball miles, flushing it and. It was just a bit of an insight. You, I didn't expect it. Yeah, but he's a strong guy, Adam Scott, as well. Honestly, I've seen him squ- squatting big weights in the gym. He's got legs like, ooh, I'm just... My favourite interview ever, I would say, was with Adam Scott. Yeah. Um, we, we sat down... He was topless. Mm. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> was in Dubai, and we, uh, it was looking back on him losing the Open at Lytham in mm. 2012. And it's out there on um, Dr. Kwan's you, you, YouTube channel. You'll find it somewhere on BBC Sounds or something, uh, open podcasts. Oh, right. Yeah. And honestly, I was almost in tears by the end of the interview. He, it was such an honest, articulate interview. I, 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 honestly, just yeah, I'm a fantastic bloke. Try and get him on the Brilliant. pod. Try and get him on the pod. And talk. I'm amazed by the fact that's interesting we talk about it. Because his swing, you think that's just been the same swing... It, Absolutely the same swing throughout his entire career, just a thing of beauty. And that he's the same as a lot of us looking at Dan Greaves chipping. And I, I've had golf lessons where they've they've wheeled out it's always videos Adam of Adam Scott. It's always, say, right, this is what you should be. Yeah, but that's should be the thing about so yeah. so when instructors say, So look at these lines that Adam Scott produces, yeah, but I'm never gonna be able to produce that. So I mean I could obviously, but um but you could. no I couldn't. I couldn't. I physically can't obviously couldn't yeah. do that. So why show me that? I mean I I, I understand when, when video teaching first came in, it was always Adam Scott's swing that people went to go, look at the lines there. Look at his strong thighs. 
It's crazy. You wouldn't the conversation I had with him last night. You wouldn't have thought that's the best golf swing in golf since Tiger. You know the way he was talking about it, the fluctuations he's had, certainly in his own mind with his golf swing. It was. Uh, it was. And but to your point about it reminded me a bit of Anna Scott in Notting Hill. You know, standing in front of Hugh Grant with the, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy line, just like that. You know, and I felt so touched by it. All right. Oh. Um, what, I, I'm, I'm looking to what time we what time do we start at? It's We've got Mark, a, Mark Lee. 35 minutes. That's Ollie, our producer, yeah. shouting from Norwich, fine city. Difficult to get to. Um, so, uh, how long we, we've got? Uh, I'm, I'm worried about Mark Lee and your wife. I'm not worried. Sorry, I'm not worried about. <laughs> Mark Lee. I'm worried about both Mark Lee and your wife separately getting bored with everything. Did we here, get any so. nice emails? We did get a nice email um, from Mike in Leeds. Love the podcasts. Uh, even Andrew's attempts to belittle David Ferty and Gary McCord's extensive set of recorded lines for Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2004. And then he uh, reminds us of another line. This was perhaps the most often said line. Um, after hammering one down the middle, Ferty would say, that's far, like really, really far. And that was one where you got the, you got the power perfect, yeah. maximum, and then you hit it right in the middle when it swung down like that, and it would light up and the ball, would, the flames would come out of it or something like that, and... Um, wasn't in with the bovines, so um, that's we, we did get another couple of nice emails, but um, that's one. Somebody wrote a poem, and I can't remember who. I'm sorry, I don't have it with me. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was a, a great poem, but um, it was a poem about drinking wine with Eddie, I think, and uh, yeah. and also suggesting that he take you on a match. We have had offers actually of yes. uh, venues, looking and venues looking to stage this yeah. match between me and Ian combined. Uh, better ball scramble, 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 scramble against Eddie to see what the score might be. So we yeah. we are going to make that happen at some point. Well, until Fred Ridley gets in touch and offers us a spot at Augusta, we'll have to keep it local. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> he's a he's a keen listener of the chipping forecast. Fred uh, listens while brushing his hair, his luxuriant hair. Now I, I've been slightly distracted the last couple of moments because Matt Fitzpatrick has just come onto the the putting green uh, over there. Now I saw him on the range yesterday, and he was warming up. Um, hitting drivers with um, what the, the resistance bands mm-hmm. thing around his legs, and he got in a figure of eight, yeah. and it was it was obviously controlling his knee movement or what, yeah. whatever. So I thought oh, that's interesting, and I was I was watching it, and a few went right and a few went left, but my God, the ball went miles and miles and miles, and I know he's now turned himself into a big hitter. But actually, just standing there and watching it, now he's walked onto the putting green. The first thing he's done is put resistance bands around a resistance band around his knees as well. I mean, there is an obsession here. Clearly, what do you think about that, Eddie? That's uh, I've not seen someone putting with the resistance bands. I think he is trying to therefore keep his knees a certain distance apart, which is going to activate a certain part of his glutes, which is then going to provide some stability. That would be my relatively scientific observation of that. I do remember a te- uh, uh, an instructor. I remember hitting drivers with a resistance band around, and it's activating your glutes and, right. and just keeping glute mead. I want to say to be glute, quite specific. Glute mead to yeah. be very specific. That's why it gets very sore. I get my massage gun into my glute mead occasionally. Important so muscle I don't for think the golfer. Any of that? <laughs> no. Um, right. So, what else do we have to talk about? I'm not sure, really. To be Did you see um, uh, Charlie Hull? On, uh, I saw Sunday that part because you mentioned it. I, 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 that part was extraordinary. To um, so yes, because well, Minji Lee had a what six shot lead, five shot, five, five, five shot shots clear with eight to play, uh-huh. and um, I, but you didn't feel like Charlie Hull was out of it. You just needed her putter to warm up, and suddenly she started making the putts. And this is someone who had already had five runner-up finishes in the last ten, eleven months, 
and she came charging and charging and charging and then it got to the the 70 second hole and they both drove was that in the, yeah 70 second hole both drove into the bunker down the right hand side and Minji Lee just pitched out of the bunker, played very conservatively. And then Charlie went in there, and it was that it, it, the commentators said it, and I was thinking it at the same time, you know, the, 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 the shy girls don't get the sweets. And she went in with the, with the nine iron. Hit this, um, she was closer to the lip, hit this amazing nine iron onto the front of the green. Minji Lee gets up and down, they go to the playoff hole. And then um, Charlie has this putt, having had to take a drop from underneath the, the grandstand. And and she hit this putt, and I genuinely said, oh, dear, because there was no way that putt was getting anywhere near the hole. And then suddenly it took the break, good five or six feet. And then you went into this, oh, my God, she's got it. And then it stopped a millimeter short of the hole. Mm. And fair play to Minji Lee, she hit a great approach in at the second extra hole and won the, the tournament. But I just thought it was just the most fantastic advert for golf um just a really enthralling night you know wales and fiji were playing i'd had the weekend off i was watching uh, watching the rugby i was right into the rugby over the weekend but i just I, I put the the golf on that night and i stayed with it it was just brilliant stuff hmm. cincinnati it was in wasn't it yes it was do you know oh, the I origin am. of the name cincinnati no i don't know it's for the Society of Cincinnati was for retired officers after the War of Independence in America, and they called themselves the Society of Cincinnati. That's how the, the city now gets its name, named after Cincinnatus, who was the Roman dictator, oh. who Boris Johnson effectively quoted when he left yes. power. He said, "I'm going back to my farm and my plough," because that's what Cincinnatus did. He um, saved Rome and then retired because he didn't want power. He went back to his farm and was regarded as some sort of hero because of the way he did that. I don't know why, Boris Johnson. He didn't go to Cincinnati to write a newspaper column. But that's where Cincinnati gets its name from, the Society of Cincinnati. So I'm not sure how relevant that is. On, uh, he's really gone now, hasn't he, uh, Mark Lee? <laughs> Keep going to call him Mike Lee, the filmmaker, but it's not Mark Lee. I think he's he's gone a long time ago. I get the, I get the sense he may have tuned back in, being the yeah. old bull that he probably is. He's, no, he's, he's scrolled through. He's left. He left about twenty minutes ago. Right, I'll, I'll scroll to the end. Then he's hearing me talk about I the hope Mark gets in back in touch. I thought that was very interesting. Right. Did you see Charlie Hull's putt, by the way? I saw it on Twitter, and when I saw it, I assumed she'd hold it. Yeah, because of the tweet and, it was just and the fact that it didn't go in. Was, yeah, um, and then I think someone challenged her to maybe a match or something, which. Would be funny. Oh yeah. oh yeah, no, no, that was interesting. There was a guy yeah. who said he's off. Pl- he's off three, three handicap, and he says he could beat Charlie Hull. Now he might. Just no, he be didn't. What he said was he could make the cut. Oh yeah, he said he finished. He top could make. Or he could, yeah, he could make cuts on uh, on the LPGA tour mm. as a three handicapper playing regularly at six thousand nine hundred yards. I mean, three handicap with the modern handicapping system is pretty average. It's not. It's not good. It's, it's not good enough. No to, chance. Of course, it's good. It's no so chance. disrespectful. Anyway, but that's a match we're not going to make happen. You and me scramble against Eddie. We are going to make happen. We are going to wrap up now because I've got to go and get ready to announce, as I said, content creator and financiers and talk to nobody on the tee but save my big introduction for Eddie Pepperell uh, I'm looking forward to that just one, just one final thought just bringing it back to this week and obviously Ryder Cup in you know in, wait, in waiting the fact that they, all the 12 are here for Europe I think is, is fantastic I do think I get the sense that 
and you know I put that to, to to Shane Lowry that Team Europe is born now. They've had the trip, and they're all playing together. So you've got McElroy, Hovland, and uh, Orberg. Mm. Um, oh, nice! Playing around. together, Fleetwood, Lowry, and Stracker in the morning, in the afternoon, Ram, Hoygaard. So it could happen. Hoygaard and and um, yes. and and Hatton. And Rose McIntyre and, and Fitzpatrick oh, playing the pods are together. Big I think already. that's uh, you know this is. I think this this gives Europe a, a, a potential, not an edge, but you know I, I think what they're doing is they're maxing, maxing the opportunity of this week in the context of the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how much I love them all playing together. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't love that from a tournament perspective. But also, if I was one of those guys, they're not all going to play well. One of them's going to hit a bad T-shirt out there at the wrong time. And if you're playing with your potential partner, I don't know whether it just brings about some interesting dynamics. You know, this is such a different environment, obviously, what they're going to be playing in two weeks' time. So I'm not in love with that. But obviously, to your point about them all being here playing, it's great for the event. And, um, yeah, it's uh, the field is phenomenal. And this is exactly what this, this course and this tournament deserves. And you're playing with, in the tournament, Romain Longasque and Ross Fischer. Yep. Um, and I'm... I've got French heritage as well. Well, I was wondering where the comes from. Yeah. Oh, God. All right, okay, we have to end now. Uh, I apologise. <laughs> Mike Lee, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, uh, Ian Carter's better half, I'm sorry as well. So I can name her, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to use her name yeah. rather than just say Ian Carter's better half. You better apologise right. to Caroline as well. Don't know who that is. So uh, we're going to uh, wrap things up now. Um, that's about it. Stumbling to the finish line. Anything else to say, Ian? No. Really looking forward to this week. Really looking forward to Solheim the week after and then Ryder Cup. It's, I mean, what a, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Golf season, isn't it? European golf season. European golf season, uh, chipping forecast season, episode 15 ends here. I think it's 15. It's not. We'll have to edit that as well. Good. Well done, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week, earlier in the week probably than the Wednesday. But um, from Wentworth, bye-bye for now. Right, what was that, YouTube? And that completes this edition of The Chipping Forecast. Wishing you a safe and pleasant night. Folding Pocket.